I love how that clock is wrong. Yeah, but we need it to know how long we've gone. I wonder if it has just a timer function. Your phone has one of those. Our phones. Am I wearing these on the right side? They don't say left and right. It does. It's on the inside of right here. What? Inside. Oh, I was wearing them right. Look at the Lord. Have either of you ever done a podcast before? No, because I talk too much. This is the first in the studio Long Haul Young Adults podcast. We're giving it a shot. Yeah. Everything else has just been Dylan. And yeah. We need to break up the monotony. Yeah. we. That's that's <laughs> the goal here. Um, Dylan, why are we doing this? Man, why are we doing this? That's a great question. Because we, we have sermons that we go through. There's all sorts of stuff on the internet. There are a bazillion podcasts out there. Why are we trying to do one? And really, it came from this series that we just walked through, which we call Crisis of Belief looking at a bunch of reasons that people go through a deconstruction process. And each week when I was writing and preparing for those messages, I just kept thinking, man, there's so much that I'm having to cut. There's so many conversations we could have, but we only had five weeks to talk about it. So we wanted to try to continue the conversation and, and address some of those things that we weren't able to get to within the series um, and hopefully answer some questions that maybe people were still left with whenever that series ended. Uh, so thinking back to how we even got to that series in the first place, why would you guys say we even did a series talking through deconstruction? I think it's because of, and this is such an old person thing to say, but the constant attention it's gotten from social media and in the culture we live in right now, it it's a trend almost to be the person who deconstructs. But I think a lot of us don't even know the reality of what that means. And I think when we look into it, there's so many different levels to it, but I think it's just been really publicized. Yeah, I uh, a lot of friends from college, um, worship pastors that I grew up with, a lot of them have walked away from the faith and are very public about it. Um, so it's definitely something that has impacted me personally. And so, I was like, we should probably look into this a little bit more. Um, it's only growing, especially with TikTok and um, other social media. Yeah. Yeah. We want to make sure if there's something going on in culture, and this is, it's not something we can ignore. It's so prevalent. So we wanted to make sure it was something that we were talking about. And I remember an initial conversation back at the beginning of last summer, I asked you two, what do people say about Jesus online? Like, what are you seeing from your peers within your generation? And the response that stood out to me in that was people are walking away from the church, walking away from Jesus and finding freedom. They're doing it in the name of freedom. And that that bothered me. That thought that people were, were walking away thinking that they had found freedom when we would say freedom is truly found in Jesus, that, that was a thought I couldn't get out of my head. And that was really how we got to the series in the first place, started looking at the reasons people walk away. And we talked about those um, over those few weeks. 
But the thing as we've gotten away from that series, honestly, there was part of us like, do we even need to do this podcast? Like, are we just are we just white noise in the midst of all the other podcasts? Do we have to do this? And then yesterday in my reading, I was in Colossians, and this is what Paul is saying to the Colossians and what got me to like, yep, we got to do this. Um, He says to the Colossians, I'm saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. So he's, he's, he's got people that are listening to arguments that, that sound reasonable. And we're not going to deny that there are, there are stuff, there's stuff out there that can sound reasonable. He's saying, man, we, we got to talk about this. Like we've got to address this so that you don't walk away. And then even he jumps down, this is Colossians chapter two, verse four was that first verse jumping down to verse eight, eight. He says, be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. He's saying, all you need is Christ, and you've been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. So anything you can find in Christ is going to be greater than anything that you can find in any other philosophical thought or any other authority that you're going to find out in the world. And as I was reading that, I was thinking, okay, more and more our role as church leaders has to be to help people think deeply, to think um, in in the philosophical realms and learn how to take thoughts and not just accept them at our first hearing, but actually think about how does this play out in the long run? Um, how, how do we actually take a thought and work through it and see if it actually makes sense as it, as it plays itself all the way out? Um, so that's why we want to keep having this conversation. And look, this podcast may turn into something totally different in the future, but for right now, this is kind of the direction we want to go with it. Um, so, so as we jump into this idea of deconstruction again, uh, I want to start just asking you guys what you think like is the term deconstruction the right term is it a helpful term or is there something better that we could use is there a better way we could describe it rather than deconstruction i think that it depends on what your goal is and what your motivation is behind it what you call it i think the, the the concept of walking away from the Christian faith and walking away because you have a disagreement with something about it has been a thing forever. I think now, though, it has a name. It has something that we can call it, and I think that's why the general term everyone just says deconstruction. But I think you even spoke about it in the last Crisis of Belief sermon Um that there is, you know, there's deconstruction, but there's also reconstruction, there's renovation. I think there's a lot of fixer-upper terms that we can apply depending we all love on fixer the upper. angle. Don't we, though? Yeah. Shout out, Joanna. The song from Frozen. What? You lost it's it. It's a fixer-upper. Hey. Oh, there we go. Okay. The trolls. You're the, you're the one with kids. Like, I feel like you're <laughs> You would think I would know He's that. He's busy with his Santa's kindness ornament. Yeah. Connor, do you have any thoughts on the term itself, deconstruction? I think it's the right term to use, but um, I also think a lot of people go into it not naming it. They just want to find freedom. So they're yeah. just at a point where they're like, I don't want to believe this. This is legalistic. Um, and there are many reasons that also seem very reasonable. Sure. But going back to what you just said that Paul said, um, I just think it's kind of interesting that he's like, hey, I'm saying this so that they will not deceive you with reasonable yeah. insider information. And so, um, yeah. 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 And I had somebody actually ask me the question during our series, 
they were not a fan of using that term deconstruction. They didn't feel like it was a term that could be redeemed. It felt like a secular term to them and, and one that we should probably avoid. And I understood what they were saying, but I don't want us to run away from a term just because it feels like it's something that is, quote unquote, a secular way to do things. Because um, I think there is a way to redeem it. And y'all may remember, we, we discussed this idea that deconstruction can kind of be this overarching term, and you can do it in a way that leads to just a destruction of your faith, or you can do it in a way that leads to a renovation of your faith. Like, there's a healthy way to do this and an unhealthy way to do this. And we were just saying before we started recording, like, in large part, like Carrie said, it's going to depend on what your goal is. Like, if you go into a process of questioning and doubting things in your faith, and you're really just looking for a way out you're probably going to find it. But if you go into a quote-unquote deconstruction process, trying to strengthen your faith, trying to refine your beliefs and grow more into the image of Christ, I think you can do that. I think you can do that in a way that is really healthy, and you're going to come out stronger and better than you've ever been before in your faith. Um, And what we want to, what we want to make sure we do is not just, man, I have this one question that's come up. I'm just going to throw the whole thing out because I had this one thing that I'm not sure about. Like we don't, we don't do that with anything, right? That's not, that's not a smart way to do anything. And uh, we don't want to do that with our, our faith, certainly, is to have one question that comes up and think, well, if I'm questioning this one thing, then maybe the whole thing doesn't make sense. Well, let's, let's try to work on that one thing at a time. And y'all, y'all know I enjoy Christmas lights at Christmas time. I enjoy putting them on the house. I used to be real scared of doing it because I put them all along the roof line and it's high, like above our driveway. And I really don't like that. I don't trust a ladder. I'm not a light person. And I don't trust that that ladder is actually going to hold me. Person? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, and Connor, I doubt anybody does this up in New York where you're from, but I've lived in Tennessee my whole life. We kind of just make things up as we go. So what I do now is I put my ladder in the back of my truck. And That's I wedge it. Yeah, there's no trucks in That's New York. Into, no trucks in New York. That's just sad. <laughs> but it's so much safer. But now I get up on the... I don't the, think that is safer. <laughs> no, trust me. I mean, if you see it, it looks pretty terrible. Okay. But yeah. I feel better while I'm up there. Because I know the ladder's not going to move. But that's not the point of any of this. When, when I'm putting the lights on, i got to check the string of lights first, right? Well, on three of our five strands that we put on the roof, there was one, they had a light out. Well, I'm not just going to say, ah, oh, we got a light out. Let's throw out the whole strand, right? That's dumb. Mm. We're not going to do that. Well, first off, I'm going to take that one light bulb. See, do I just need to tighten it? Do I just need to refine this one belief, if you will, if we're going to take this into our faith? Is there something that just needs some tightening up here? If not, maybe I need to throw out that light bulb and just put a whole new light bulb in there. So we can take a belief that we have, something that um, maybe needs some refining, and just say, man, let's replace this one thing and keep the rest of our faith. There was, there was this one thing I had a question about, and it doesn't mean I have to, to throw out everything with that. So I, I think there's a healthy way that we can go about deconstruction. Uh, and we don't have to be scared of that term. Um, and I know I would say there are things in my life, and I want to ask you guys, like, is there a time that you have been through, maybe you didn't have the term at the time, but you would look back now and say, yeah, that was a deconstruction process of sorts, of, of refining one of my beliefs. Um, so what, what would you guys say to that? Have you been through that process yourself? Yeah, I think I think it, everyone's asking questions. I feel like at some point you were going to ask more questions than not. But I remember um, 2019, the summer of 2019, when uh, Becca and I first moved here, um, fell into like a light depression. Um, nothing 
wild, but I remember reading scripture not getting really anything out of it. And I was like, what is this faith? Like, why yeah. am I doing this? Um, and that's actually when I stumbled upon Ecclesiastes. And that was honestly the book that kind of made me go, oh, the wisest person to live outside of Jesus asked all these questions, <laughs> felt these things. Um, and I guess I'd never read Ecclesiastes that deeply before, but that kind of brought me back and I was like, oh, this faith does have yeah. deeper answers. Um, and it feels the things that you feel. Um, and so that was one of those moments where I kind of got put back the right direction. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Carrie, what about you? Um, I definitely didn't call mine a deconstruction at the time, but mine really started how... I think a lot of this generation movements has, and it started with me seeing a flaw in a group of people. Um, I went to a very conservative, small Christian university, and by my sophomore year, I had was really solid on the fact that I knew the Lord was calling me to ministry in the local church. And so as one does, I changed my major to be a Christian studies major. Um, and the more I got into that major, I was watching fellow students around me that wanted to be the next generation of pastors and student pastors and ministers, and I was looking at professors who were the past generation, and I was seeing so much inconsistency in lifestyles and in choices that it made me question the local church. Um, and I began to question like my call to ministry, not because I doubted that the Lord had called me to it, but I doubted if I wanted to take part in the local church, if that was the past generation of ministers and the future generation. Um, thankfully, I was surrounded by um, a wonderful community from the church I was involved in at the time that kind of helped me walk through that and kind of helped me realize that people are broken and therefore the church is not going to be perfect. But um, it really did, it really threw me off and I really struggled with the fact that there was so much inconsistency in these people, um, yet they claimed that the Lord had called them to this ministry. They're in His Word all the time, academically, and in what they claimed was was personal spiritual development time, and there was no conviction. There was no. There just there just wasn't any consistency between their personal lives and what they claimed their personal lives were, and it was terrifying to think. I could potentially be going into a job within the local church and having to serve under them um, and knowing that their leadership would be catastrophic if they continued the lifestyles they were living. Um, and I think it was, for me, it was a renovation because I had to step back and say, okay, what is the church supposed to look like? What is my role? Um, Lord, what specifically are you calling me to within the local church? Um, and it was kind of a... It was a moment where I learned how to discern in ways a healthy local church, but um, it was terrifying. Yeah. I yeah. questioned I questioned all of my past ministry leaders. I questioned my future and my current ministry leaders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was hard. <laughs> yeah. So, look, we, I mean, if you live this Christian life long enough, you're going to have stuff come up in all likelihood. Yeah. 
um, where you have questions and doubts and, and, and it's okay to go through that process. The, the one for me, which I'm not getting into the details of this because nobody wants to do that on this podcast, but <laughs> just the idea of election and predestination, like nobody had ever even mentioned it to me hardly yeah. until I got to college. And ironically enough, Rachel was actually the person that brought it up to me. And I very seriously, like part of it for me was thinking, if we don't think the same on this, are we able to date and get married someday? So Rachel and I almost broke up <laughs> over the idea of election, but we've been married 10 years now, so it worked out. But that process was a real wrestling for me. Like I'm thinking, yeah. if well, I, I got to figure out what I think yeah. about this because it feels like a major deal to me. Thankfully, now I'm coming out on the other side, and I, I think going through that process, I'm better for it. And yeah, we can you call it deconstruction, call it a renovation, whatever you want to call it. Um, we just want to make sure that we're using that term some, because that is what we see out in the world um, that people are calling it. Um, and listen, as we, as we wrap this thing up, I want you to hear too, you don't have to go through a deconstruction process. Like if you, if you can walk through questions and doubts and whatever else, and you don't like have to go into this depressive state where you're trying to wrestle through things like that doesn't have to be something that happens in your life. Yeah. It, don't, don't feel like this is something that you've got to walk through. You don't just need we're to, talking about it. You don't need to label it. You don't need to make a big thing out of it. No. Some of these things are just questions you'll have and answers that you'll find. Yep. I think also within that there is a sweetness in realizing that there are parts of this faith and parts of scripture that we can't understand because our our brains we we're fleshly broken human beings we can't wrap our hands around the entirety of who God is um and i think sometimes that can be what pushes people is not having answers to certain questions i think there's peace in knowing that he's in control in that way yeah good stuff guys 